I'm doing this to increase our visibility, but I want to make that visibility as positive and empowering as possible. And that's actually really hard. It's easy to do something like this. And if you're not careful about your narrative, have it turn into a sob story and start leaning on people's sympathy. This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way. Welcome to this episode of Alopecia Life. Today's guest is Miss Stamford, USA, Renee Reyes. Renee has a passion for plants and community service. She is going to continue to break barriers in the pageant world while competing bald for Miss USA and Miss Universe. Listen in to hear more about her outreach efforts, the alopecia nonprofit program that is coming together, and much more. Renee, welcome to Alopecia Life today. Hi, Deanne. Thanks for having me. I'm really glad to be here. Well, I am super excited to have you. You have been making the news a lot lately in the alopecia community and beyond. (laughs) I, I would love to hear about your alopecia story, but all about everything else too. Let's just start off with that alopecia story and we'll go from there. Okay. Well, up until yesterday, I actually thought my alopecia showed up for the first time in 2018. But I was looking at some old photos and I actually found one of me at age eight in 2007 with a bald spot about the size of a half dollar coin, if anyone remembers what those actually look like. (laughs) Um, A girl had been bullying me at school and actually, you know what, come to think about it, she was targeting me for my race. I'm an Asian American. Mm -hmm. I guess people can't see me. So, And she frequently made fun of my food and my appearance and That day, she had pulled out a chunk of my hair, and so my parents took a photo later that night because after she pulled out my hair, that spot was visible, and I thought maybe she just pulled really hard, and now I wonder if the hair came out so easily because it was already loose and on its way out. So my alopecia story might have started in 2007, but between then and 2018, My hair had grown back completely, so I was really surprised when it started falling out in large quantities. I first noticed it in the shower. I would just run my hands through my hair to rinse, and one day my palms just started coming away full of hair. And that just kept going until there was no way to hide my bald spots. So I finally decided to shave my head when I got tired of looking in the mirror and just seeing like these sparse, thin strands just hanging Mm -hmm. loosely over patches of baldness. I didn't like that look and it just made me feel really bad about the hair loss and bad about myself. So I decided to shave my head at that point and shaving my head was a game changer. (laughs) Once the hair fell off, I just felt so confident and so much better about my look and I could just slip on cheap wigs on and off like they were hats. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, since I shaved my head, I've been feeling really good about my alopecia. Yeah. And that's what happens a lot with folks. And there are people who say, you know, I don't feel any better after shaving my head. I just, I can't look at myself in the mirror. But for the majority, and I'm not speaking, of course, for everyone, when you're able to kind of take control, right, helps with that a lot. In this time frame, you were 
you were participating in pageants and you were doing some modeling. Yeah. So actually before the pageant that I'm competing in now, I had competed once before in 2015 in Miss Teen Connecticut, USA. At that time, I had a full head of hair, like really long hair down to my butt, which is pretty typical for girls competing in pageants. Very big, like luscious, mm-hmm. dramatic, glamorous hair. And I was also starting to go into modeling a little bit too. And it didn't last very long because once I lost my hair, a lot of photographers didn't want to work with me anymore. Some people thought it was contagious and just overall having no hair is not in line with conventional beauty standards. So Mm -hmm. after that first pageant, after just a few modeling gigs, I wasn't able to do that so much anymore. Until now. (laughs) So there's been some folks who've paved the way. Talking about Kayla Martell, Angelica Galindez, and there's most recently Kelly Day. She participated in Miss Philippines, I think, in 2019. So there's, Mm. luckily, there is kind of a foundation of ladies out there who have competed with alopecia, but not to the degree, not to the degree, that sounds weird. So it's interesting that that not a lot has changed from like 2011 when Kayla Martell was competing in Miss America. She had a lot of resistance. Now, going forward, what do you see happening for yourself? So I did notice that there are people who have competed in pageants before with alopecia mm-hmm. and maybe have not gained as much attention or attraction that I'm seeing now. And I mean, I wasn't very conscious of alopecia at the time when these people were competing. So I didn't really follow their stories too closely since I didn't have alopecia yet. But something I noticed is that competing in a pageant with any sort of illness or glaring physical difference is walking a very fine line. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this to increase our visibility, but I want to make that visibility as positive and empowering as possible. And that's actually really hard. It's Mm -hmm. easy to do something like this. And if you're not careful about your narrative, have it turn into a sob story and Mm -hmm. start leaning on people's sympathy. I really don't want to inspire sympathy. I want to inspire hope and empower girls, the millions of girls with alopecia who feel like this condition is taking something from them, something more than hair. So I'm with my campaign, I'm being very deliberate about communicating that my alopecia is something I have and embrace, but it doesn't define me. My focus when presenting myself is that I am a full, multifaceted person with my own interests and values, and that alopecia does not diminish those things. And it doesn't diminish my beauty. My goal really is to humanize alopecians by showing that we're just people who just happen to not have hair. I want people to see that like anyone else, we all have individual qualities and characteristics that make us interesting to others. And if people can embrace those traits that I have, they must also embrace my alopecia. And I think that's a challenge that I've been facing as I've been doing this and something that I've been really, really careful about. Because I think once it turns into a sob story and you start depending on sympathy, while you get a lot of attention, it's not the kind of attention that is going to propel you forward and create that positive visibility that I think we need. 
Absolutely. I, I agree 100%. And I love that you are recognizing that because it could turn on a dime, right? Like you said, it's a real fine line between walking and saying this is a positive experience and we want to just put it out there versus like, oh, you know, Renee suffers from alopecia. And it's very common to hear suffering and alopecia in the same sentence. Exactly. You'll never catch me out loud saying that I'm someone suffering with alopecia. I'm very careful not to use that word. I always Mm -hmm. say that I'm someone who lives with alopecia because, I mean, that's just the truth. I live with alopecia. I'm not suffering from it. I've had negative experiences, but this is something that I am using to empower myself in life. I don't want it to hold me back. I don't want it to define me. I don't want to be someone just because I have alopecia. Mm-hmm. but it is a part of me and I just want to show that this can be a part of you and you can still be a full person at the same time. Absolutely. Can you tell me, are you getting um, resistance from other contestants? Where are you feeling the most pressure, I guess? Uh, other contestants haven't really said much about it. There have been a few girls that I've competed with before who actually didn't recognize me because of it, mm-hmm. which is interesting. But Yeah, no, actually, I think all the contestants this year have been very warm and very kind about it and overall really supportive. I think any resistance I have is mostly coming from social media because Mm -hmm. as I'm posting more and being more open about my alopecia online, people have something to say about it. (laughs) I have gotten some pretty nasty and just ridiculous messages about what I'm doing. Like someone actually compared me posting pictures with my patches to a man flaunting his boner at women against their will in public. And I was like, really? You're going to compare my condition to sexual harassment? (laughs) You know, they're like, look, it's an honest expression of sexuality, but it's not okay to do. And that's kind of what you're doing. And I've just been getting crazy comments like that. (laughs) Those are crazy. Like, I never could have imagined that that's what that would be compared to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to just apologize for humankind right now. (laughs) Well... Yeah, I will say some stuff off air later. Um, yeah, well, again, yeah, I'm really sorry that that is part of this reality when you put yourself out there. And we're, like you said, we're trying to promote a positive self-image and and a positive role model to other people living with alopecia. So to get that back at you, it's just, it's just shocking. Oh, yeah. I, I really, I mean, I knew that this, this is a different look. People don't really associate it with beauty, but I didn't realize that the pushback would be I don't know, that severe. (laughs) It didn't affect me that much. Like, I don't feel personally bad about it because it's just such a ridiculous thing to say. Yeah. You know, it was kind of amusing, but still, I I was very surprised. (laughs) Yes. Being surprised is kind of a normal reaction to this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And when we talk about unrealistic beauty standards in the pageant world, right? I mean, you have to look a certain way, you have to be a certain size, you have to wear a swimsuit, and all on display for for us all to kind of watch and judge, right? And what are your thoughts about that? Just kind of promoting those unrealistic beauty standards, I guess. I think that actually, at least 
the Miss USA pageant system. I'm competing in the Miss USA slash Miss Universe pageant system. Mm-hmm. And they've had a change of ownership recently, a, a couple of changes. And there's a lot of new staff now. And I think they've actually come a really long way in changing the way they present beauty and what makes someone beautiful. Like in the swimsuit competition, well, actually teens don't even wear swimsuits anymore. Now they wear active wear, which I think is pretty cool. Um, Because the point isn't about having like the perfect bikini body. It's kind of just Mm -hmm. showing how well do you take care of yourself? It doesn't matter how skinny you are or how fat you are or whatever. Like fat isn't necessarily a negative thing in pageants anymore. Someone can be fat and beautiful at the same time. And in the bikini portion, it's really just how much energy do you have? Does it look like you're taking care of yourself, exercising, eating well, and just having the sort of lifestyle that allows you to walk on stage in eight inch heels with so much energy and smiling and just feeling confident and good about yourself. They're more looking for that. There are some girls that are competing who, you know, they're like actual bodybuilders, which is awesome. And that's not really a traditional feminine thing. And I'm sure they're going to do very well in the competition. And also, I feel like the focus has changed from, oh, who's the most beautiful girl in the competition to, so you have a bunch of beautiful girls, who are they beyond that? The point is to prove that a woman can be beautiful, smart, strong, passionate, just anything all at the same time. Beauty and being smart or beauty and being passionate about something, those are not mutually exclusive Mm -hmm. anymore. (laughs) You talk a lot about being smart to being part of that component, but then there's the the role model piece of it, right? Right. As far as talking about alopecia and being a role model to other people with alopecia, it's also being a role model in your very local community. Correct. Because with your title, even if it's just a local title, you are a representative of your town. Mm -hmm. And on a state level, a representative of your state, you're a delegate for your state, you want to make your state look good. So it's very important to be, you know, living a very virtuous life. I mean, as a representative of anything, you want to put your best self forward. Mm-hmm. And your mom also competed in pageants. Yes, she competed in a lot more pageants than I have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a first generation Filipino American. So my mom grew up in the Philippines and she competed in beauty pageants in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And the thing about that is that pageant culture is a huge thing in the Philippines. If you watch Miss Universe or I mean, any any kind of international level pageant, you'll always see the Philippines placing in the top 10 or the top five or even winning because they take pageants very, very serious in the Philippines. <laughs> Beauty is so important there. And I mean, honestly, that's another layer of, of challenges in competing with alopecia too, because, mm. you know, I'm a first generation Filipino American and I'm supposed to be upholding this legacy of, Filipino beauty queens and pageant winners. And all of these women have had beautiful, silky, you know, traditionally dark, beautiful Asian hair, which Mm -hmm. I don't have. (laughs) (laughs) 
That is an interesting layer that you're adding on top of that for sure. You have, there's a lot of kind of unique possibilities for you to stand out. Something that I learned about you is that you are a professional horticulturist. And so you've, you've got a lot going for you, by the way. <laughs> and so <laughs> this, you. Is, this is super unique. This, I mean, to be a horticulturist and to find your passion in plants. Oh yeah. I, I love plants. I mean, you can't see me right now, but I, I literally have over 200 plants in my apartment <laughs> and it's like an, uh, less than 800 square foot apartment and there's 200 plants in here. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Not a lot of room for anything else. Do you have pets too? Oh yeah. I have <laughs> a dog. His name is Mango. He's a Maltese. He's seven pounds and everyone thinks he's a puppy because he's so small and so cute, but he's actually 13 years old. I also have a bearded dragon and a leopard gecko. Nice. (laughs) Well, they go good with plants. Love that. And what do you see going forward with with your pageant work and your platform? And and it looks like you want to start or have you already started a nonprofit for alopecia? I am working on founding my own nonprofit right now. And I am pretty serious about it. Right now, we're filing to become a non-stock corporation in the state of Connecticut. We're about to start working with a brand development team and just getting like the logistical like IRS document things mm-hmm. out of the way right now. None, none of the fun stuff yet. Right. Just like all the paperwork. <laughs> right. And it looks like you want to be a little bit different than, than what's already available out there as far as other nonprofits that are maybe available to folks who are getting diagnosed, right? Right. So I've used a lot of resources from these other nonprofits that exist. I think every single one that exists is super necessary and super valuable, but so far I haven't really seen anyone taking the angle that I'm trying to take with this. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like doing community service, and that's also something that I've been doing a lot as part of being Miss Stanford USA. And so I thought to establish a nonprofit volunteer organization called the Alopecia Project, and its basic function would be to spread awareness and increase visibility for people living with alopecia through community service. Awesome. What would that look like then, community service, to okay. raise that? <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me, give me your elevator pitch. <laughs> <laughs> so... We would simultaneously serve as a support network for people living with alopecia by providing group volunteer opportunities as a means of spreading awareness. So I just feel like doing group volunteer work together in general, even for people without alopecia. I mean, a lot of companies do it as team building. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a really great, fulfilling way to bond. It makes people who maybe don't know where they're going in life, feel like they do have a sense of direction. And overall, it's just really healthy, I think, in like a psychological way. And also for other people to just be helping others and to be spending your free time helping others. And I think it would be really good for people with alopecia to bond in that way. Because alopecia can be so isolating. It's hard to meet people like us in real life. You know, we can meet over Facebook groups and that kind of thing. But I don't know. I only know one other person in real life who has alopecia. So I think it's really important to have these kinds of in-person, well, obviously after COVID, in-person events that can bring people together and not just bring people together to talk about the illness and their experiences with the illness, but kind of take them away 
from the experience of having alopecia and do something for others alongside other people who have alopecia, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anything that benefits the community externally or internally, right? I mean, that's just going to be fantastic for everybody. Right. I feel like when people with alopecia get together, it doesn't have to be about the disease. Mm -hmm. It can just be about being normal people, which again is what I'm trying to do with the pageant too. We're just humans. I'm trying to humanize us and having people with alopecia work together to serve humanity. You know, I feel like that's a huge part of that mission. Fantastic. Now, when people are looking for you on social media, how can they find you? So I have two social media handles. My horticulture blog is at Prickle Party, and my personal account is Renee Felicity. Prickle Party isn't going to have a lot of personal posts. It's mostly just posts about my work and stuff I do. Like, there's probably a couple of pictures of some moss walls I've built and, <laughs> and that kind of thing. It's all plants. If people want to follow my Miss USA Miss Connecticut USA journey, they can go to Renee Felicity. Fantastic. I will put all of that in the show notes for people to find and to reach out to you should they have any questions or they just want to follow you. That would be great. Oh yeah. Especially plant questions. I'm always happy to answer plant questions. Absolutely. (laughs) And I just want to thank you again for being with us today on Alopecia Life, Renee. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Alopecia Life. Check out the show notes for ways to connect with Renee, ask a plant question, find out more about the nonprofit, or even donate five bucks to her outreach diaper drive for families in need. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Join our Alopecia Life Facebook group and find out more information at headonlifecoaching.com. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and is meant for general information purposes only. If you're enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to and download podcasts.